0: Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is dedicated to supporting the Summit League and its student-athletes by commending their accolades and talking hoops. This podcast is hosted by a washed-up NAIA golfer, avid sports fan, and jackrabbit at heart, Madison Van Walligan-Boston. J.D. Gravina loves Twitter. Maggie Meegard for St. Thomas was an absolute monster last night.
1: I mean, I think women's basketball
0: right now is right at that cusp. 20 rebounds. Are you freaking kidding me? Here's some more. Episode three. Wow, I'm already having way too much fun. Welcome back to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. Excuse my voice today. I am four days recovering from Frisco, Texas and an incredible national championship weekend. Saw people I haven't seen in years and met some people I have a feeling I'll be seeing a lot more often in the future. Impeccable karaoke from some folks as well. You know who you are. We are going to start tonight by recapping Thursday's games, and then we've got two interview guests for you this week, and then we'll look ahead to Saturday's games. So fairly normal episode for you tonight. Let's start with last night, Thursday night's games. About one-third of the way through the season, everybody has notched a win. However, there was lots of theft, lots of stealing going on in the league last night. We're going to start with St. Thomas. Finally broke through and beat Kansas City last night in a close one, 63 to 60 um in Scheckner Arena, I believe that was in St. Paul. After losing by three to Omaha last weekend, St. Thomas was ready finally to break through and they did it. On the losing end of that game, the ruse had four in double figures. Manah Menzah tallied 16, Elise Stafford put up 12, Rain Green and Makaya Mullins both with 11 points. Makaya also grabbed a double-double for herself with 12 boards last night. Turnovers told the story here, 18 for Kansas City and only 11 points converted off of 17 Tommy turnovers, while St. Thomas used Kansas City's 18 turnovers to tally 21 points off of Kansas City throwaways. Maggie Negard for St. Thomas was an absolute monster last night with 24 points. Jordan Lamker threw in 12 as well. Jade Hill, who we're used to seeing score a lot, had a bit of a quieter night on offense. She only scored eight points. However, present in many other ways. And as we get into our interview portion, you will hear Coach Ruthson get into that as well. Moving on to Omaha, they were feeling good after their close eighty to seventy-seven win last weekend over Saint Thomas. They came out ready to fight last night in the Betty Inglesd, but North Dakota stole one away, sixty-five to fifty-three. Quite a bit of controversy at the end of that game. There, um, go ahead and just watch it back, and then tweeted us what you thought about all of that. There was certainly. I I don't know. I saw a pissed off Mallory Bernhardt and I saw an even more pissed off Carrie Banks at several points in time last night. Um, but go ahead and watch that back. Let us know what you thought. Regardless, true team effort from North Dakota. They would not have gotten out of there alive without team basketball last night. You know, we're used to Casey Barovic kind of taking the lead. And she was the leading scorer last night with 18 points. Um, Rakaya Beal is who I'm trying to mention also threw in at 10 points last night, not the best offensive performance that we've seen from UND again, you kind of used to Casey Baravich, um, running the show, but they did play true team basketball last night and they got it done. And Casey was the one that saved the day, um, at the end of the night. So good for them. On the other end of that, Kennedy Grant led the Omaha Mavericks with 12 points and Elena Pilakuta and Aaliyah Stanley were close behind with 11 apiece have to take a minute to shout out Elena Pilacuda. This is somebody that I have watched since her first games in the league and the improvement that she's shown absolutely remarkable. I remember saying over and over and over and over again that Omaha could get to that next level, if Elena Pilacuda could get to that that next level. And in my opinion, she has done that. She's worked so hard. She's been the one in the paint for Omaha since she got there. And she's had a lot of pressure on her to succeed um, because she really is such a big part of the team. And I just want to make it known that she is an absolute favorite of mine. She's so much fun to watch. Um, I would love to just like hear her perspective on her career one day. Um, and I definitely will shed a tear when it's time for her to go because i I'm obsessed with her any um, the one that I thought was locked down last night and probably the biggest theft, um, the, the biggest felonious act last night was Oral Roberts coming out of Western hall with a four point victory, 94 to 90. I don't do math, but I think that's 184 points altogether. Yeah. Um, absolute shootout in McComb last night. Oral Roberts had five players in doubles and had Ruthie Udomo hit one more basket, it would have been six. Ariel Walker, 23 points. Delaney Nix, 17 points. Hannah Cooper, 16 points. Lauren Ramey, 13 points. Tears Amor, 12 points and 20 rebounds. Are you freaking kidding me, Tears Amor? And Ruthie with eight points. While we're at it, I'm just going to run you through the rest of the score sheet because there's not that much left. Nina Taylor netted five. McKenna Wynans took two shots but missed. And Maggie Stocky played three points with no attempts. That was the ORU score sheet last night. What an offensive night for Kelsey Music and ORU. She said on the show last week that they wanted their offense to be where it was for the SDSU game without Tirza. And they certainly did that last night. Holy freaking buckets. On the other side, Western also had an intense offensive effort. Jada Thorpe was on a rocket last night, 28 points from Jada Thorpe. And Anna Dietz ate her readies and set a career high of 24 points with 12 rebounds as well for a double-double. Addie Brownfield also in double figures with 14 points. We had fun with Western's um, Twitter account last night. I'm not quite sure who's running that it might be my good friend hot Scotland, but i uh am not not positive on that but we definitely had some gifts going back and forth um with each other in a little a little office fun last night western by the way has the absolute best twitter game um jd gravina loves twitter Probably a little bit too much, but a a couple of weeks ago, I don't know that I talked about this on the podcast, but a couple of weeks ago when South Dakota State was going out there, they posted pictures of their plane and like boarding it saying like, oh, wheels up to Macomb. JD retweets it and he was like, aw, shucky darns. I thought you guys were flying Southwest. Like who comes up with that? I just love the amount of fun that that man has on Twitter. It literally, literally cracks me up. When I first was like getting into Summer League Basketball, at least on Twitter, I had tweeted something. I don't remember what. And former USD men's coach Todd Lee had liked my tweet. And um, JD Gravina had been following me for months at this point. And Todd liked my tweet. And I tweeted again. And I was like, oh, my God, I've made it big time. Todd Lee just liked my tweet. JD replies to my tweet. And he was like, I'm offended. <laughs> And it was the best thing that I've ever seen in my life. So the fun that some Summit Leaguers have on Twitter, I am all here for it. Anyways, back to recapping games. The only convincing win of the night goes to North Dakota State. The Bison have redeemed themselves after the slow start last week in Brookings. 28-point victory over the Denver Pioneers. 71-48. to That's not 28 points. Hold on. Told you I didn't do math. 71 to 43. That's 28 points, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 28 points. All right. There we go. Um, This is why I teach public speaking and not math. Anyways, NDSU redeemed themselves with a 28-point win over the Pios. 22 points for Abby Graham. Absolute insane night. I know Um, Devin Fry from Valley News tweeted something about a sequence that, abby had i think it was like she made a shot blocked a shot and then stripped the ball or something i don't know i have to go find it but it literally had me rolling the way that he um this sequence by abby graham is just insane first she drains the corner three and then she blocks the denver shot and then breaks free for the layup five points in about 20 seconds I retweeted it and said, you mean Abby Graham is just insane. Like, it's not even the sequence. It's just Abby Graham. But, yeah, um, insane effort for for Abby and the Bison last night. And they are back to looking like themselves. Heaven Hamling also had 13 points in that game, by the way. I want to make sure that we get that in there as well. So where we're at going into Saturday, the Jocks are in first. NDSU is in second. Guess who's in third? Carrie Banks and the Omaha Mavericks are in third place. They are two games shy of everyone else due to starting with the travel partner game and then not playing it due to weather. But with three wins and one loss, the Omaha Mavericks are currently your third place team in the Summit League, and we are a third of the way through the season. I did some digging and found that in 2014-15, they started two and two, but that's the closest that I could find to a three and one start for them. I could have looked back a little farther to get the actual stat, um, but I got a little bit lazy. Our semester has just started and we have a lot to do over here. So I was like, did not have time to do a deep, deep dive. Um, But yeah, two and two to start the league in 2014-15 is the closest that I could find to a three and one start. So. Um, OMAV's radio guys, if you want to like get me that stat and send it over, that would be great. The last time that Omaha started three and one, that's what I'm looking for. Um, who is in fourth? USD is in fourth. Denver's in fifth, followed by ORU. UND in sixth, Kansas City in seventh. That can't be right. I'm missing somebody. Jackson first, Bison in second, Mavs in third. USD in fourth. Denver in fifth. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. ORU is in sixth. North Dakota is in seventh. Kansas City in eighth. I just messed up what I was saying. And then St. Thomas and Western are tied for ninth with one win a piece and six losses a piece. That is where we're at right now. Certainly some crazy shizzle going on in the league, but we love to see it. We are going to move in to our interview portion, and we'll be back after that. All right, welcome back to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. We are joined today by a former Horizon League Player of the Year turned coach, and that is Coyotes Head Basketball Coach Kayla Carius. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Madison. Good to be here. Um, I want to start out talking about your non-con a little bit. So the non-con was very up and down for your squad. A lot of people weren't really sure what we could expect from your group this year, but you seem to have found your footing a bit now that the conference slate has opened up. What have you been working on in practice that has contributed to kind of the steadiness and the consistency that we're seeing now? Yeah, well, I think you have to kind of go
2: back even prior to our non-conference and really look at, you know, what our team was made up of this year coming in. Uh, We just have such a new and young group that we're working with and certainly we know the success of the program here the last 10 years and of course uh, all culminating with last season and the trip to the Sweet 16 and how important that was for our program and the foundation as we go forward. But coming into this year, uh, you know, we, we we're returning zero starters, and we lost 84% of our scoring, and um, it's it's a really uh, new and and inexperienced group, really. And so, I think going into the the non-conference, it was really a chance for us all to get on the floor and sort of start to get your groove. And with a new coaching staff and. Really learning more about each other. And and I think you you learn a lot from those battles. And and maybe the record um, from the non-conference games didn't come out the way that we wanted to. Of course, we're all competitors, and we want those numbers in the win column to be higher. Um, But I don't want us to lose the lessons that we've learned along the way. And I do feel like we are much better off um, for all the experiences we had in the non-conference.
0: Absolutely. I will be the first to say that once the conference slate opened up, um, I shut up a little bit and I was like, okay, they're fine. Like I'm not concerned (laughs) um, um, anymore. And as an SDSU person, I dread the day that we lose 84% of our scoring and have to go through through the same thing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the scoring that you didn't lose in Grace Larkins and the leadership role that she's kind of stepped into this season.
2: Yeah, Grace has been a really special player for us um, all season long. But I, I feel like with the conference games now here, the last few weeks has has stepped it up even another notch. Um, so she she is she's the one player really returning from last year that averaged uh, more than six minutes a game Um, so she's really as far as experience goes from last year she's really the only one that brings any significant amount of it. Um, She was uh, sixth woman of the year in the Summit League and so that was a great uh, honor for her but you know her role was very different. She came in off the bench last year and and did a few things and then um, got subbed out and so this year we're really looking for her to be on the floor a lot and we're putting the ball in her hands a lot and man has she really responded. I think it's really fun to see you know, a player have as many you know 30 point games as she has, but not just only that. She is getting her teammates involved, and she's been flirting with triple doubles. I think four times now here this season. And so I think you know scoring is one thing. You're you're just you're not gonna win every game with only one person scoring. So how then are you getting your teammates involved, especially when other teams are keying in on you? That's where she's taking it up another level. And it took a little while to figure that piece out. Um, but love her leadership she's bringing. Love the pace that she helps our team play. play at. And more than anything, she wants to win. It's never about individual accolades for really
0: anybody in our group. And I think that that's going to help us be more successful down the road too. Absolutely. Well, speaking of scoring, you've got the trip to Brookings coming up this week. You have a chance to hand the Jacks their first loss, a feat that everyone in the league would love to accomplish. And in the Western Illinois game, the Leathernecks took 17 more shots than you guys did. We did see your offense get stronger a bit last week, but how are you maintaining that going into a contest where scoring is absolutely vital?
2: Yeah, it is vital. I think we're we're about to face a South Dakota State team who is a, is a very veteran team. You know, you look back at our this past weekend against North Dakota State. At the end of the game, we had three sophomores. I'm sorry, two sophomores, two freshmen, and one senior on the floor to end the game, and. Uh, we're so we we play young you know we don't really have a choice and I think what's very cool is our young players are getting experience and that's important however uh you win with seniors those seniors know that's their last go around there's a bit more edge to their game Um, uh, they they've seen a lot of it before they don't get rattled as easily you know your seniors your veterans are the ones that make such a big difference and when you have a team of them um when you have four starters for example that we're about to face who are seniors uh then they're just, they have a different mindset about them and uh, they have that experience behind them. So they are their high scoring team. Every single one of them on the floor can score and they play really deep too, nine, ten people deep. And so, you know, it is, it's going to be really important for us to focus on that defensive end. It's it's sort of where we're hanging our hat. We're really spending a lot of time um, helping ourselves be in a better positions to get stops, to get rebounds, because when we do that, we can run out and transition and, and then flow into our motion offense from there. And that really brings us confidence when we can get a couple of steps in a row and really start to get things rolling. It helps us offensively. It's a ama- it's amazing how intertwined all these pieces are. But again, we look to the defensive end to help us with our offense.
0: Um, you mentioned that the seniors don't really get rattled, and I'm curious, how do you stay from getting rattled? I know that you spent a couple seasons as an assistant in the league before, so you're not completely new to the league. But like you mentioned, you did lose a lot of scoring, super young team. You're coming into a position where you're expected to win and expected to be consistent. So how do you stay, stay focused and kind of stay confident in this new position that you're in?
2: Well, I think it's remembering that your players really feed off of you. And as a first time head coach, yes, I am experiencing and learning that for the first time, but I've been, um, you know, privileged to sit on the bench and and watch different head coaches I've worked for handle that in different ways. And, and I, we all want to win. Look, we're all competitors. Uh, Emotions run high. Sometimes you're at clutch moments and mistakes are made it's really about how you respond. And yes, it sometimes takes all of my energy to to not react in a negative way. But at the end of the day, I I just keep in mind uh, what our players need and what I wanted as a player and what it wasn't like as a player, I was ever trying to make mistakes. Sometimes they just happen. And um, it is just a matter of Feeding off of your coach and then regrouping and responding the right way. So I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, um, but I, I just think it's really important. And especially when you're coaching a young group, um, it matters to them. You got to keep feeding them confidence. And when you're you're negative or you're reacting a certain way, I think they take that to heart. They want to do well. And they're trying to succeed just as bad as we are. Um, And we're just not on the court doing it. So sometimes I think for coaches, it's a little bit of a lack of control that you have on the sidelines, but you prep them as best you can. You put the ball in their hands and then you encourage them uh, throughout the game to just go make it happen.
0: Awesome. I want to move in to what we call summit roulette. So these are just kind of random questions. So I want to know who is the hype woman on your bench? (laughs)
2: well you know unfortunately we've had our our bad luck here with injuries we've had three acls in five months so we've got more players sitting to the right side of the bench than the left side uh, for my liking uh that being said as far as hype women we've got a bunch more of them because of that so Gosh, I don't know that there's one leader. I, You know, Madison and Joy and um, and Allison or Pep, as we call her, along with Natalie, have really been the ones out with knee injuries here this year. And um, those are the ones that I think are are really engaged in getting some of those celebrations going. I, I want to give some credit to Sophie Hayden, too. She's a player who doesn't get a whole lot of playing time. But um, when I watch film, especially, and, and rewatch games back, she is into it. She is up and cheering. And I think that that's really important.
0: Well, I would love to see somebody go viral for bench sellies. Um, So I'll have to watch and see, see if we can get a good meme out of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is the best song that you've heard your team play this year in the locker room or on the bus? Oh, gosh, I
2: am so far removed from their style of music. I'll tell you, Madison, I am so locked into my it's either country or Christian for me. And I know that those probably aren't the genres that hype people up before games. So they do their own thing. And even if you asked me to name some of the songs they played, I, I couldn't. I just, they're in their own world. And I, you know what I say to that? Whatever gets you ready is fine by me.
0: There you go. Um, You and Kelsey Music will get along greatly. I asked her that last week and she was like, I listen to Jesus Music, so I have no idea. <laughs> um, which I thought was hilarious. But yes, yes. um. What is my next? Call? Oh, yeah. What's the worst food you ate on a non-conference trip this season?
2: Oh, what's the worst food I ate on a road trip? Um, Well, I'm going to say this isn't non-conference, but our team got the experience of a lifetime in August to go on a foreign tour and we went to Greece. I'm normally a seafood person, but I tried octopus and I'm not really a fan. Now, I don't even think I'm going to come across that maybe any more times in my entire life. So that's perfectly fine. But I do think you have to get out of your comfort zone once in a while. And I forced myself to try it. But that's the first and a last for me.
0: <laughs> Anything that moves that way, I'm not like going to put in my mouth.
2: Yeah, tentacles and oh. everything still on it. So oh. you got you to get past the texture. And
0: I, I couldn't quite do that. Couldn't do it, um, what is as you're stepping back into the summit league, what is something that you just love about the league?
2: Well, I'll tell you what I love this year is the fact that it's gotten more balanced, that it's gotten better, that it could be anybody's night. You really have to be ready to go. you know, I think when I was in the league last um five and six years ago, it was different it was top heavy it was a couple of teams and then separation and then everybody else and i just feel like everybody has continued to get better and get better and get better and that makes it really fun now as a coach it also you know it it gets you to gear up every single game and get your team ready and there are no gimmies in this league and and i love that i think there's a lot of closeness with Um, our recruiting region too. You know, I think we kind of are watching similar kids and going after similar kids and that makes it fun um, and competitive in a whole different way. Uh, So there's a lot of relationships there. Um, But yeah, I just love it. Midwest basketball, when these girls get recruited, it's so good. And they want to stay close to home. I think we can find great players from the state of South Dakota and from our near region to come here and play. And then I also just love the great rivalries. You know, we talk about the one that we have this weekend. That's one of them. But also the North Dakota, North Dakota state rivalries. I mean, we're going back to our NCC days. I think it's just so cool to celebrate that. Our alums really love that and buy into that. Um, it's just some of those memories that they have. And um, I just, I love that across the board. There's so many good, good things about this league.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for um, being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Love being here. Thanks for having me. Go Yotes. All right, at 4-2 and two in the league, the Yotes will look to make it 5 in their lone travel partner game on Saturday at 1 p.m. local time. You can find that game on our favorite network, Midco Sports, and the Midco Sports Plus app. Stick around. We'll be right back. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. Recipients of a Her Turn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, Her Turn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. Her Turn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. Her Turn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the Her Turn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find Her Turn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at herturnsd. All right, Summit Leaguers, we're back with your second interview today. You are getting spoiled, and this time with a woman who certainly etched her name in the history books. One of the first seven women to be inducted into the Tommy Athletics Hall of Fame. And she's been with the program for 18 years now. We are speaking with royalty today in Tommy Women's Basketball, Coach Ruth Sin. Coach, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't know about that. I just, it's more about longevity than it is anything else. So I'm just really happy
0: to be here and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Well, the Tommies are 5-11 and 11 overall and 0-6 and in the Summit. Still looking for our first win, but we don't like to let the record fool us here um, on the podcast. So I want to start out briefly discussing your non-conference schedule. You found yourselves on the wrong end of two different overtime games and came incredibly egregiously close to handing Wisconsin a loss. What are you focusing on in practice and in team meetings to kind of get the team over that hump?
1: Well, you know, the positive thing has been the girls are right there. They're competing, their positive um, approach to exactly everything that we're doing is right on point. You know, right now, All we can do is control the conditions that we prepare for and we get ready. So hopefully the outcome will take care of itself. Um, So unfortunately, we haven't had that outcome. But with our non-conference schedule, we really did enjoy, you know, getting to some of our opponents for the second time. You know, last year was our first time even understanding what it's like to travel in Atlanta Airport, um, what it's like to, you know, be on the road. And so the girls are doing a wonderful job of understanding what the travel demands are and really embracing that and making it an opportunity to bring our team closer and tighter and bonding uh, situations. So that's been really, really beneficial for us. As far as on the court, we're taking those steps. Like you said, we've had some times and with those games where we've been in control and then all of a sudden we will have a stall. Could be sign of a young team, ups and downs, and we're trying to minimize the downs and continue to focus on what we can do and how we can control and not get in those stalls as much anymore.
0: Absolutely. So kind of a a follow up to that, I want to ask a little bit about um, what you're working on offensively. In three of your last six games, 56 seems to be the number that your team likes to score. Um, That was almost enough to beat USD. How are you pushing that offense just a little bit harder to break through?
1: Well, exactly. And, and some of it is just getting people in the right positions and understanding how we can play off of each other and complement each other as well. Um, I think the last game and the last two games that we had, we did a better job of that. Um, if you watch the Omaha game, um, you know, we had 77 points. It's like, oh my goodness, that's 20 over our average. And so we are really looking to, you know, really see if we can increase that and be more productive on the offensive end.
0: Absolutely. Why well, was I was getting to that Omaha game? That's where I'm going next. Um. So our podcast group. I'm by myself this year, but there was two more of us last year. We have been high on Jade Hill since we first heard her name. Um. So talk to me a little bit about the role that she's played, um, offensively in in your group and how she impacted that Omaha game.
1: You know, Jade is just instrumental in. First and foremost, she is the point guard, and being the point guard, she is the one that everybody gets comfortable with in that okay she's going to get us in our offense she's going to push our tempo she's going to know when not to push our tempo and so everybody has a great trust with jade in that role our next part she is the one that really can dictate and break down the defense at a lot of times and you've seen that in the beginning of the year you know she's a sophomore and so there's all these expectations with her She's finally starting to relax and not let the expectations bother her and just get into her own. And you saw that in the Omaha game. She controlled the pace more. She was using change of speed more. She was really much more instrumental in our offense. I like to thank 77 points. She did a really great job with that. And we're hoping that she can continue to take those steps, but we're just really excited to have Jade in our program, not only what she brings on the basketball court, but you know, just the the, the woman she is as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, I wanna talk about the other part um, of your offense in Maggie Negard. I don't know that I've seen a better case of waiting for your time to shine. You know, she did start a lot of games last year, but averaged around five or six points per game. And now she's leading the team in scoring um, alongside Jade. So talk to me about this kind of new role that Maggie has stepped into this season.
1: Maggie has done such a great job of really being a senior leader. And it's all about the team right now. And so everything is about the team. And she's letting her game come to her. And, and, and you see that. She's still attacking and she's still full of passion and purpose. But she's doing such a great job of making sure that she's seeing the big picture. And in seeing the big picture and what the team needs and what we need to do, her game has just escalated and elevated. And it's just been so fun to see. She's put in a lot of time, though. This past summer, she put a lot of time into her footwork, into her shot development, and it is really paying off. You know, you love as a coach to see a young lady do that, to really say, hey, I need to take these steps. These are the standards that I want to be a part of. And then she just embraces it. And then when she gets the payoff as a coach, you just smile and you're just so proud and so happy for her as well
0: absolutely well was there anything that you learned in your first season um in the summit league that you've carried over with you to this season
1: well i think you know the big thing is just understanding um all of the teams understanding you know you know what their identity is you know what are they trying to you know expose you know where you know where where do they prepare you know what's their base you know, last year it was all new to us. Uh, The year before we did some scouts, but you know, you're not having to go face to face with them. And so I think that's been really beneficial for our team and our program is just really understanding each of the teams and what they're trying to accomplish. And then obviously we have to figure out a solution of, you know, how do we control that game when we're going head to head against them?
0: Absolutely. All right, we're going to move into kind of some more fun random questions. So what was your favorite non-conference trip this season and why? Well, I
1: think, you know, we really enjoyed the Utah trip. First of all, we you know flew into Salt Lake City. Beautiful, beautiful mountains. Um, you know, the great Salt Lake. Um, uh, it was just beautiful. And then, you know, we went to Provo, Utah. Um, we took some time where we could, you know, just go in the mountains and do some walks. And even if it was cold, you know, we, we didn't realize it was as cold in Utah as it was, but it was a great time for our team just to kind of decompress, get to a different surrounding and just be together. You know, anytime we take those trips, we try to do something as team bonding, you know, that they can experience that part of the country. And so I would have to say that one and for that reason, but also just for the reasons that we get to spend time together. You know, this is um, such an incredible opportunity with this group at this time to be able to share life together. And we really always talk about what a privilege that is to be able to be on a team and really just experience life's journeys together. And so when you get time to, to go to, you know, a trip like that, it, the girls really enjoy it. I, I know on the way home they were exhausted and they were tired, but the fun part about it is we're on the bus and it's like, you know, early in the morning getting back and they're singing songs and it's like, there's my team, there's my team, that they look for the good and they enjoy each other and they just make the best out of it. So I really enjoy this group. They're just a tremendous group to be around.
0: We love to hear that. Um, you're no longer a summit league rookie as we as we noted. What do you love about the Summit League?
1: I really appreciate the level of competition. You know, every night, in and out you have to bring your game. The coaches in this league do a tremendous job of preparing their players, coming in with a game plan and being very, you know, very intentional in what they need to do. And so you've got to be on your A game with that. The players in this league, they're multi-dimensional. A lot of times in different leagues, you know, know, they're one dimensional, maybe two dimensional. The players on this league, they play both sides of the ball and they can attack you in so many different ways. And so it's been a really competitive league. And I, I, just, I, I just love to see the growth of the Summit League and how everybody is really progressing. And you see that in the, in the non-conference games as well. You know, we've had some really great non-conference games where Summit League opponents have really done a nice job in putting, putting the Summit League's name on the map here.
0: That's what we want. That's why we're here. We want our name on the map. Exactly. <laughs> and we want to be a two-bid league and we will get there. <laughs> um what is this is my last question for you. What is one of your favorite? You don't have to pick a favorite, but what's one of your favorite memories um over your 18 seasons at the helm of this program?
1: You know, everybody always asks me that because not only did I coach 18 years here at St. Thomas, but I, you know, I coached 20 years in the high school. And they always like, what's your favorite team? And I have the same response all the time. I love coaching when all of my players can bring their personality, whether they're goofy, whether they're serious, whether they're, you know, loud and vocal or whether they're not, but they all feel comfortable that when we come together, they can bring their gifts. They can be who they are, their authentic self, and they can just celebrate each other. And that's the beauty in coaching is when you watch them grow into these strong women and the people they become i i I always say that my big line is it's who you become in the process and athletics is such a wonderful you know stage of self-discovery You know, they get to go through adversity they get to go through exposure they get to go through all these things all the while learning more and more about themselves and so when we get a team together that they can all be their authentic selves and you can watch them transform from these young, really nice, nice freshmen into these strong women as seniors who are purposeful. They're still nice, but you know who they are and what they're about. That those are my favorite teams.
0: So I didn't give you life lessons. No, that's totally fine. Um, That was a better answer than I ever, Could have asked for. So I definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to finally get to sit down with you and hear your perspective on how things are going for you.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Now, we really appreciate how you guys are promoting the Summit League and doing everything we can to get the excitement. I mean, I think women's basketball right now is right at that cusp. We are getting more and more excitement and energy, and you're seeing it around the nation. I mean, we've got games sold out in, in huge arenas. Everything is because of people like you and all the support we have that you're promoting the women's game. You're promoting the product that they're selling. And thank you. We, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for all that you do to promote our, our game and our team and our, and, our, and our league.
0: I really appreciate that. I'm just here to have a good time, um, but that was so heartfelt. So thank you so much. All right, the Tommies are looking for their first win or two this weekend when they host Kansas City and Oral Roberts. You can catch those games on the Tommy website. Don't go away. We will be back. What incredible interviews and great opportunities to sit down first with someone who is, I guess, not necessarily super new to the league, but new in a head coaching role, um, at USD. And then also someone who has been with her program for 18 years, um, and a program that she played for just, just great opportunities and great perspective and and insight. Um, definitely my favorite part of like this little hobby gig thing that I have going on is just meeting the people in the league and, and just getting to talk sports with them. It's pretty, pretty awesome and pretty incredible. Also, um, Ruth was talking about uh, the personalities of of their group getting to shine. If you like seeing that side of basketball, if you like seeing just the the family and the camaraderie, St. Thomas Women's Basketball Twitter account is always posting like quirky little videos, um, like least favorite um holiday food or whatever just like little stuff like that so much fun to watch those girls are such a good time so i definitely recommend that you go check them out and support them in that way as well all right before we go let's look at what is happening around the league tomorrow we do have 5 games for you on saturday the first of those games at 1 p.m. local time in brookings south dakota on Midco Sports, our favorite network is South Dakota at South Dakota State. That's the big one. That's the one that people look forward to every year. Um, maybe not as big right now since USD is not second in the league, but still one of the bigger games that you're going to see this year. I'm nervous. I'm always nervous when we play the U, um, no matter what. So, <laughs> so um, excited, but nervous to see what's going to happen there. Oral Roberts at St. Thomas, also at 1 p.m. local in Schechner Arena in St. Paul. That you should be able to find on the Tommy Athletics website. Omaha at North Dakota State at 1 p.m. local in Fargo. That one on WDAY and ESPN+. Denver at North Dakota, also 1 p.m. local up in Grand Forks in the Betty Ingolstadt Sioux Center. That one on Midcoast Sports 2. And finally, at 2 p.m., our only 2 p.m. local game, Kansas City out in Macomb, Western Hall. That one you should be able also to find on the Leathernecks Athletic website. Apologies if you hear weird clacking sounds. My dog has decided that this is a great time to run through the house and stretch out on every part of our fake wood floor. So that is what you are hearing if you're hearing that. Should be some good games this weekend outside of USD, SDSU. One that I'm really looking forward to is Oral Roberts and St. Thomas. Obviously, a because of the impressive offensive effort that we saw from Oral Roberts last night, um, but b because St. Thomas is is really close to showing up and showing out like that as well. They obviously um, scored. I think Coach Sin said twenty points over their average um, when they played Omaha and quite nearly beat Omaha last week. Um, so I'm just excited to see what happens there, and I think uh, being at home will help St. Thomas a little bit. Um, and we'll see if Oral Roberts can keep it going on the road that that Macomb and St. Paul road trip has to be one of the longest, um, especially coming from Tulsa. So we'll have to see how they will handle that. Also looking forward to Kansas City and Western. I've expected a lot more out of Kansas City than what we've seen so far. Um, but Western showed us last night that they're here to ball. And they ain't gonna play around. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens in Macomb as well. Um, that's all I have for you. To, I guess today, not tonight. Wow, Frisco really screwed me up, y'all. A lot of us that went to Frisco have like been talking this week and realized that we like our memory is shot. Like the whole weekend was a blur. It just went by so fast. I do remember the painful karaoke, but you know, it is what it is. But i will see y'all next week hopefully we'll have some more interview guests for you as always send me interview questions send me people you want on the show if they're not coaches give me an idea of who else you would like to hear from um and hopefully we can just ride this thing all the way through the summit league tournament see you later don't forget to stay on the summit